Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, scammers. This is producer Kate here for a small uh, programming announcement. Uh, ScamWow is going to be on like a semi-hiatus for the next couple months into 2023. Yeah, it's the end of the year. How did we get here? Anyway, um, we are going to be testing out a new type of programming, um, something that will help with the production of the show. It'll help out Katie. It'll help out me. Um, and it'll solve some of the production issues we've been having the last couple of years. Um, so we're really excited to start releasing shows weekly on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash podcast, uh, and there is a new a special tier for $4 a month where we'll be releasing uh, not only new episodes, but you also, of course, have access to the back catalog of all the ScamWow episodes without ads. So you can listen to your heart's desire when you're driving to your family's house for Christmas or, or when you're spending Christmas with friends and you have a turkey leg in your hand so you can't, you know, you can't talk your mouth full of turkey legs you want to listen to some fun scam entertainment because the other option is to watch Jeffrey Dahmer and it's violent and anyway something to binge why not go back relive some crazy scams especially because so many of them are resurfacing we've got season two of The Vow we've got Anna Delvey coming back we've got Billy McFarland out of jail and starting a new something or other Uh, anyway there's a lot of revisiting so you should go back and revisit the old catalog by subscribing to the new Patreon tier and then also keeping up with Katie keeping up with friends on some of our shorter new Patreon episodes that'll be coming out weekly uh, along with with mailbags and DMs from fans and hot, hot, hot tips. Uh, the beautiful thing about the Patreon content is that it's community and that people who sign up for it are usually people who want to be engaged and uh, want to talk to Katie and some of our favorite guests like uh, Ellen Hahn or Mackenzie Thomas. And, you know, Katie gets on there and uh, talks about some things that she might not say on the main feed, which is the real reason you're there for the juicy gossip. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to come on and let everyone know that's what's happening for the next couple months. We'll be doing a launch to a new season in 2023, probably around end of January is the plan. Uh, we love you. We hope you have a wonderful end of the year and we hope you get to join our community and kind of participate with some of the new programming we've started. Alrighty. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm your host, Caitlin Brodnick. I love scams and I love you all. My God, I love you all so much. I can't thank you enough for being listeners and hanging out with us. This is just the greatest joy. We have been off for a couple weeks because my whole family, this whole fun little house, the three of us got COVID. And it's just a real quick story up front because I... We've been doing ScamWow all throughout COVID. We've been doing it during lockdowns, during terror times, during horrible things happening in 
emotional things in people's lives. We're still, we're doing our episode. And then one tiny little moment of COVID and we just go silent. (laughs) It's just, it was embarrassing. So Lewis, my son got it from his school. We had no idea. I think a couple kids might've had it too, but it was the most mild case that they literally just had a runny nose. They are always constantly checking for COVID, but they had just passed it in the class. Everyone had healed. We moved on. And this was just a runny nose. It was so unlike COVID. And if you have kids in school, their noses are always running. So that can't even be listed as a symptom. That's just like, if you are a child, you have snot coming out of your face. That shouldn't be a, you know, a reason to worry or for caution. And so you don't, you just function as a parent and you just hope that the snot like doesn't end up stuck to their ear on their clothes or something disgusting. So Lewis had a little tiny runny nose, nothing COVID related at all. Blew our minds. Completely fine. I got my first speaking gig, which was so exciting because, and I mentioned this on my, one of my updates, one of my last mailbags that I, and also on our Patreon, I talk a lot about this. So shout out to all the Patreon patrons. You know about the speaking gig that I've had coming up for a long time. Guys, if you like these little check-ins and stuff like that. That's what all Patreon is. It's just way, way too much personal information that I'm more than happy to give to anyone who pays a dollar. Texas is its own world in so many ways. And I was very much an outsider. I wore my mask the whole time. They sort of thought I was, I got the feeling they were like, that's sort of silly. Like, you know, you don't have to be so uptight in a way. Well, good thing I did Texas because I really would have messed with Texas. I had COVID the whole time. I did a speaking gig. I took my mask off for the event, but then put it right back on when I talked to anybody. I had COVID the entire time because I had it right before I left. Thank God in Texas, not a single person that I talked to got COVID. Luckily, I was very careful and as neurotic as I looked and as an uptight New Yorker as I seemed, it really helped everyone. And I will tell you though, not a single person on the flight was wearing a mask. Like, I don't know, maybe if I accidentally coughed in the bathroom, that's just, I think I gave it to everybody. I went across, you know, halfway across the country and uh, gave everyone COVID. So then I came home. I have this weird cough. I get COVID. We check Lewis. Lewis has COVID, which means he's had it because I was gone for four days on this speaking gig. So while I was gone, I didn't even come in contact with him. And so if he tested positive for it, he had it before I came back, you know. And then Alan tested positive and Alan had zero symptoms. And so guys, I'm telling you, get that booster. I don't want to be like, I don't ever want to recommend what anybody should do medically, but Alan got his booster two weeks ago and had zero COVID symptoms. He only tested because it was required for my son's school. So he has been home, which has been lovely and he's just been bored, but he has had no pain, no headaches, maybe one day of feeling a little tired, but also, you know, we have a four-year-old who wakes up in the middle of the night having to pee and like sometimes wants to have a conversation with us. Like we might just be tired from being parents. And he felt fabulous. I almost got my booster, but I didn't get it in time for my flight for Texas. And I'm sure if I'd gotten the booster a week before, we wouldn't have even checked if we were COVID positive or negative. But I'll just say it did as a thing in our lives, as a thing in the world right now, just like rock us as in we were like, okay, we can't do anything. We, I guess we have to order groceries. I guess we have to stay in this house. Our, my amazing, I call them our roommates, but they're just in our building. But I call everyone in our building my roommates, which confuses many of my friends. They're like, what 
are you doing? Where do you live now? But my our roommate, Brandon, downstairs neighbor, he was like, it feels like you guys just vanish and you're on vacation because we've just been so MIA. So again, I apologize for that. I apologize for not keeping up to date. I had a COVID headache the whole time. I don't know if anybody else has had that. Um, shout out to Zycam. <laughs> Zinc, I guess is really great. But I'm back and I'm so excited and I cannot wait to do this episode with you all. I love love ScamWow so much and I'm so thrilled to get the chance to chat. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, I'm a little, I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous for today's episode because it's just me. Yes, I know I've hosted like over a hundred episodes, but it's just me. There's no like fun, quippy guests. There's nobody who's going to add in some stuff. Actually, no, that's not true. I'm lying. You are all my guests. We're doing a mailbag episode and I am having all of your wonderful tips and tricks and voice memos. My God, the voice memos, they make me so happy. I wasn't dreading recording, but I was feeling really un- nervous about recording. I'm you guys know I have an inferiority complex. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my, sorry, my chair also squeaks. You know what? I'm making so many caveats. I'm recording this on my own with my squeaky chair. And you could say, Caitlin, fix that chair. But also, there's so many other things in my life going on that I will constantly forget about fixing this chair. So I digress. So today, me, my squeaky chair, and your wonderful voice memos are giving me so much joy. I was nervous about recording this episode because I always want to provide enough for you guys. I always want this to be a good quality time spent because we're listening to so much. We're absorbing so much information. It's like you don't want some more bullshit. But I got a voice memo from Dabney and it put me in the best 
best mood. So we're going to start with that. We're going to start with our first voice memo, which just is gold. Here you go. Hey there, it's Dabney. I was just listening to your episode about chickens and grocery stores as I was driving to my job at an online grocery retailer. So I have um, opinions and some, some additional data points to inform the discussion about margin. So yes, grocery stores tend to mark up their products about 50%, so they charge double what they pay for the product. But also, it is it is also true that grocery stores are not very profitable. They operate on slim margins. And the, the reason is that the markup does not include the cost of labor, of facilities, of utilities, which are enormous for a grocery store having to keep things chilled. And the reason that the Park Slope Co-op is able to offer such slim margins is that a condition of membership, that is a condition of being able to shop at the co-op, is that you put in, I think, four hours of free labor every month. So the co-op is able to sustain those slim margins because they're not paying for labor or they're paying for less labor than a regular grocery store. I could go on and on but I'll refrain. Anyway, I love the podcast. Thank you so much. That's your hot tip from a professional grocery person. Bye. Dabney, thank you so much. That is so helpful. I love a voice memo and I love, I will look at grocery stores differently. I mean, now, you know, they, you can kind of see if it is based on that labor and that section of it, that the markup is really helping the entire store. So I'm sure if one has different rent or if one looks like the employees are happier or dancing around the aisles versus my favorite favorite grocery store, which is run just by a family whose kids are forced to work there, you know, you can tell the difference <laughs> and the price markup. I, again, I love the imported Dominican Republic cookies that are really cheap. And I love that they're paying way too much or they're overpricing all these like basic things. I just, it makes my heart feel good. And I'm glad that they're doing that. And then Dabney, you wrote in this memo. I literally wrote a book. You wrote a book. Why didn't you, this is crazy. Guys, she's, I'm a huge fan of hers. I was a fan by the voice memo, but Dabney co-wrote a book called Buy Right Markets, Eat Good Food, A Grocer's Guide to Shopping, Cooking, and Creating a Community Through Food, a cookbook. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Dabney, so now I'm gonna put that in our notes. You guys can follow her. She's written other things as well, sweet cream and sugar cones. Dabney, you're wonderful. This is so exciting, guys. We have an amazing listener who's a cookbook author and really smart when it comes to grocery stores. And I cannot thank you enough for that voice memo. That is so cool. I'm loving these messages. Okay, we also got a message from a listener. We're going to call her M so she can stay anonymous. And she said she just got some very hot off the press ongoing Neopets scam for us. She said, it is just too juicy not to share. And I love scam wow and niche drama. Scam spondent episodes are my favorite. So I just want to give back, you know? <laughs> Amazing. She said, I'll try to summarize as best as I can. Let me know if you want more info. Oh, we do. Okay, Em, you're going to come on as a guest, but we're just going to give the audience a fun little teaser because I love a mailbag. So she says, so I've played Neopets on and off since about 2002. The site has changed a lot over time and honestly has always been a dumpster fire in multiple ways, but I love it and can't stay away. 
I have been a scammer almost the whole time I've played it though, mostly because the site is so broken that it's more fun to play not legitimately. There's multiple levels of Neopets black market. I'm not that serious and I've always dealt with the wholesome black market where they don't allow actual stealing. It's really just old inactive accounts people have lightly hacked into, auto buying and reselling items to make a fuck ton of Neopets, selling points and pets and accounts and items for real money. Stuff like that breaks Neopets rules for sure, but they have a code of ethics and I don't endorse scamming or straight up stealing. Great. Well, today the deep black market people got involved. Like I said before, Neopets is notoriously a complete shit show of a website. Most of the content has Flash and now Flash is dead. Oh, I guess that's Flash player. And they're not doing much to fix broken stuff. Security is a joke. There have been a few data breaches in the past. It's generally a wreck of a website. Partially why I like it. (laughs) Me too. So someone has access to their entire database and website source code right now. The data is not encrypted well, so it's all the account info. They're on a more serious actual hacking website selling it for four Bitcoin, which is $94. The current option is that they're selling it to people who hope that a lot of users have used the name password for Neopets as for their email and bank account and that they'll be able to get money out of it. No Neopets person is going to spend at this much money even to flip it on the shallow black market, it would be so much work to make it back and it's not plausible. But it means that the whole fucking site is compromised right now and people are losing their shit and it's hilarious. <laughs> There's also more backstory about the Robin Hood type character that has had this kind of access and was using it to blow the whistle, but now it's suspect. It goes pretty deep and it's very juicy and I'm sending it now. I'm just scratching the surface. Neopets in general is a ripe for a scam conversation. Girl, let's do this. You will stay anonymous, but come on, let's talk about Neopets. I don't know genuinely what you're talking about. <laughs> I, know, I know Neopets. I was thinking of those um, Shopkins. <laughs> I'm totally honest, like the little grocery stores. You know, you get these, they're like in toy stores, not, and um, they're little tiny grocery stores like, popcorn or like Skittles and it's a little smiley face. (laughs) I thought we were talking about Shopkins the whole time. She's on Neopets, which I think I remember when I used to nanny, they had the literal Neopets. It was like a toy, but then also there was the Neopet universe. And so she's talking about the Neopets that is now this online community that you can buy, sell, and trade. And she's right. If on your Neopets, you have your email and password and sort of Usernames that you use for other things, it can be really easily hacked because the web the website is so crummy. Now, I will always sing the praises of the Adam Levin podcast because Adam is, and his amazing experts have taught me so much about uh, just, not, I don't want to call it spyware, but protecting yourself from bizarre hackers and avil- uh, their ability to basically see everything. So there's all these great codes you can use. Like here's a easy tip. If you want a password that's very unhackable, you'd want to write an entire sentence. Like, I love it when I read the Hamilton book because it makes me feel like I can afford the Hamilton Broadway tickets. That whole sentence, and you put that in as your Amazon code or something like that. So that way it makes it incredibly difficult to hack you. There's other ways you can get hacked, of course, if a site is compromised, but it helps you 
avoid that first very easy layer of getting your information stolen. So thank you so much, M. You are coming back. We're going to contact you because I want to know all about this. Okay. So another person, Heidi, sent us a message. I don't know if I sent this on the other episode of the podcast, but I think it's really good to know. She said, I am an LCSW in Florida. She's a licensed clinical social worker in Florida. She said she recently joined BetterHelp.com as a therapist, and she can give weekly sessions at a really great rate. That's amazing. I think that's so smart. So guys, there are some good BetterHelp therapists out there. I think I was talking about, I went on one and they said it was like $600 or something for one episode. This is one of our old episodes, but that is brilliant. So thank you so much. Heidi for connecting with us. And I'm so glad you listen. And I'm so glad you're helping other people. Okay, we have another mailbag email, which I love. And guys, I'm telling you, send these to me. Send these to me forever because this is our community. Every time, I used to ask every single time after every episode, you know, call in, let me know what do you want to, what can I, you know, improve upon? Oh my God. One of those fucking lantern flies is outside my window. And I want to kill it. I want to kill it. Guys, this is the most all over the place episode. I'm recording in my house with my squeaky chairs and there's a lantern fly outside my window. And if you know anything about lantern flies and you're in the New York metro area, they are a fly that was brought over by some collector and they are these slow fat, stupid ass flies that are gorgeous. They look like ladybugs mixed with a fly, but they're like the size of two quarters. They're huge. And they're creepy, like all bugs, like bugs creep me out. And they apparently destroy our trees, eat our trees, and they're going to ruin our stone fruit. So that fucking fly is a scam. I hate him. I, if you see that lantern fly, I'm going to put it in the comments. You step on it. Now, it's not just me. The New York Times said to kill it. Everybody is saying that like, we don't want this fly, but seeing it outside of my apartment means that they've won. They are winning. That's a bummer. Okay. So back to what I was saying before. (laughs) I was worried about this, you guys. I was worried about being the only one on this episode because it's going to be all the fun stuff and the way my brain goes. But luckily we have Kate and Jesse who are great editors. So they're going to make it sound real sharp. You know what? And I can't kill the fly because he's on the other side of my window. So I'd have to open my window, crawl out of my building, like hang out on the second floor and then smash that fly and he'll fly away by then and I will fall down. So this fly is just going to torture me. And that's a scam. (laughs) We think that we'll have these wonderful houses built and these secure boundaries because we need light. We have windows so you can still see the fact that nature is crawling around us and we aren't really invincible. All right. Let's get to the episodes. I mean, let's get to the emails. So she says, BJ says, hi, Skin Wow. Whenever I watch a movie where these two people have their happy ending and fall in love, I always wonder what will happen next in their life as a couple. So in the case of Never Been Kissed, which was an episode that uh, Sarah Grace and I watched and made fun of because it's such a ridiculous movie that was in the summer of scam movies. She said, so in the case of Never Been Kissed, I try to imagine what would it be like when Drew and the teacher 
go to a school function, like a party, where they meet someone and asks, hey, how did you two meet? And then the teacher has to be like, well, I'm a high school teacher, and she's an undercover reporter posing as a 17-year-old in my class. And I totally fell for her, even though she was only 17. (laughs) Man, I'm relieved she was a full adult, so I didn't have to go to jail. (laughs) Exactly. And then when the person asks the question, suddenly is sorry that they asked, and the conversation ends. The person who asks finds any excuse to leave the conversation, and they go tell other people at the party that the teacher is a total creep and that Drew and the teacher will never get invited to parties anymore. She said... Sequel, boom, let's call it Never Getting Invited Again. Let's write it. (laughs) Oh my God, BJ, thank you. That is so funny. It's so true. All of these things. So Sarah Grace and I were laughing so hard about Never Been Kissed because it's so cringy. If you don't know the story, Drew Barrymore, it was a show in the night, a movie in the 90s or early 2000s. Drew Barrymore dresses up, pretends to be a 17-year-old student and her teacher falls in love with her. And that's just creeps. Creepsville, guys. Creeps, Creepsville. And it was a really popular movie that we all watched (laughs) as young, impressionable children. And nobody really thought about that other side of it. So thank you, BJ. And that episode is a two-parter. So if you want to hear that, that's also in the show notes. It's called, the episode we did was called Never Been Kissed or Never Been Convicted. And I still don't know. We still don't know what's right. Okay, our next email is from, I will call her Anonymous K. And she, the title of this is Shady Nonprofits. Yes, guys, I think I'm a, you know, I I come off as a good person, but there are so many times in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, you could really create a shady ass nonprofit and ask for all this GoFundMe money and then just like sit and do nothing with it or make it all up on Instagram. It's bad. Nobody should do that. Nobody should be thinking about that. But I... I, I can't wait to hear what this is. Okay, so Kay says, I served on the board of directors at a national nonprofit for years. And during my time there, I learned how sketchy nonprofits are and how many ways they allow scammers to exploit well-meaning people. Yeah, girl, I see it. I see it coming a mile away. I also learned that many of the groups that we trust to vet nonprofits, like ones like, oh, she wrote rhymes with Schmarty Schmegavator. Okay. I also learned that many of the groups we trust to vet nonprofits are very easily gamed. The audits that those websites require are really just a five to $8,000 worth of paperwork filled out by a CPA. They do little, if any, analysis beyond what the nonprofit tells them. Self-reporting is totally foolproof, right? It's a shame because a CPA is a five-year postgraduate degree and their talents are totes wasted on this scenario. You're right. And I love CPAs. My uncle's a CPA. I have a funny story about a CPA I was going to work at a job for. I think they're very nice. Right. So she's saying, so how frustrating is it to fill out some forms for the tune of five to $8,000 so whomever is hiring you can get a gold star for their website? What donor would think that this is a good use of their donation? Exactly. So she's saying also that these um, nonprofits are using donor money then to spend the five to 10K of paperwork that they give the CPA to make these audits look really nice. That sucks. Okay. She said, I can't even make this stuff up. Number one, our president would end meetings, usually when I was calling for a vote or something that mattered to me, of course, by announcing that her sleeping pills were kicking in. <laughs> She finally stopped when I said, well, we still have a quorum if you need to go sleep it off. We'll just vote without you. Talk about unprofessional. 
for sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to end this podcast like, hey, guys, my sleeping pills are kicking in. <laughs> what a bitch. Okay. And number two, this is all from her nonprofit, which is, I love the goss. Number two is our secretary had given accounts bearing our employee identification number to some of her friends so they could evade taxes. <gasps> this had been going on for decades. And I suspect she uses one herself. Yeah. Oh, that's bonkers. So in your taxes, if you put employer employer identification number, it can lower your taxes or in this case, evade taxes. Also, if you have an employer identification number, you can use it to buy bulk things like, like that, um, the trading post or all the things we used to get those catalogs when we were kids for like a thousand sunglasses for $3. If you put a EIN, then you can get a discount there too. So, you know, maybe she's just buying tons of things at Oriental Trading. I bet you she's just, not only is she using it to evade taxes, but she's also using it to just go wild on orientaltrading.com. Okay, number three. I caught the secretary lying to the whole board about the qualifications of the candidates for a management position. She claimed that none of them had management experience and wanted to hire her friend who was running a shop within the organization at the time, even though she had no management experience. When I reviewed the resumes, all of them had management experience. One even had an associate's MBA. The secretary just wanted to help her friend out. That is crazy. I get it that you like want to get your friend in there, but you can't flat out lie that resumes are lacking something and then hand the resumes over for other people to view them. Unless maybe this secretary knows that no one is going to look at these resumes and everything's bullshit anyway. So maybe that was actually like smart of her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh no, she's a bitch. Okay, she says here... I have so many more stories, but I think you get the gist. It was gross and the process, she is in the process of reporting them to the state and federal government. She said now that she works with another rescue that's local to her and bought them a building so they can run a low cost spray and neuter clinic, basically out of frustration of not being able to help the animals in a more nationally focused organization. That's amazing. This local group was so transparent with me that when I suggested it, I know more about group finances as a donor than I ever did as a director of other organizations where my job was literally to oversee finances. Okay, so she's saying she's just helping as a donor. She's giving money and she's working with them not as a career, but just helping them. And they're they're being very transparent about their finances, which is lovely. And that's what you want. And that's what should happen. She said, unfortunately, this kind of thing is really common. I recommend folks donate to groups that they will work with directly or where someone they know well and they trust the volunteers there. If something, anything doesn't feel right, move along. Ask for the most recent 990. This is a federal fax form for nonprofits when you start volunteering. They're all available online thanks to the government and ProPublica. They have a searchable database. And if they don't fork over the 990, something is up. Shady groups tend to stick together and reputable ones ostracize scammy nonprofits. So relying on a nonprofit say-so isn't a good measure of honesty. I'm still recovering from the years of gaslighting. There's nothing more frustrating than being villainized for trying to do something good. But scammers don't like whistleblowers. Girl, you're right. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Kay. That was really helpful. So she did work for a company that was filled with shit and had all these loopholes. And now just volunteering with another company, they're the honest people. If someone's just straight up honest with you, it's, it's so lovely. It's so lovely. 
and rare. I'm, I'm talking about like, wow, someone being honest in business. How crazy, right? Okay, then we had one more, which cracks me up. She said, she. this is by Emma. She's reaching out regarding our NFT episode. And she said, God bless her. Just so you know, like I understood maybe your listeners are going to be confused with NFTs because I will tell you in that episode, I was confused with NFTs. So Emma gave us a ton of great information and a website that will help people look at it. She's to help people learn about NFTs. She said, maybe it's just me, but it took me months before I fully understood what they were and how they work. I found a few resources online that really helped me figure everything out. And one really stood out. It was clear, understandable, even for people that know nothing about crypto and taught me a lot. And now I can read additional resources and get a lot more context. Amazing, Emma. Thank you so much. This is so nice. I am sure that our episode was very confusing. And so I'm really grateful that you're giving our listeners more things to study. Guys, that's our episode. It is a tight, short, fast one. And I can't thank you enough for listening and being supportive and being patient with my very spacey hosting. (laughs) This is why I like other people. I like somebody else to rein me in. But I have to also say thank you so much because it's been... Over a year now where I have been the main host of this podcast and some people thought that we would just fizzle out into the abyss or we would never keep going and the podcast would end. But because of all of you and because of the support and Kate, our amazing podcast mama and producer and Jesse, our producer and editor, we are able to keep going and we have the most fun episodes coming out. So I will tell you all a little info in my life right now is that I am so, so, so obsessed with TikTok. I I remember when Sue first told me about it, when people were talking about it, I was like, this is like some stupid childish shit. I can't deal with it. Well, I had to take a break from Instagram because it's too emotional and it's very upsetting and I get very, very sad. So if I'm not posting very much on Instagram, it's because I've had to take it off my phone. So if you're looking for Scamwell Podcast on Instagram, follow and like us so that, you know, business people think we're legitimate, but please don't, don't depend on us. And then, um, so I went, moved over to TikTok because you got to have some social media in your life. You got to be distracted while your kid is watching Nikki and Vlad again on YouTube. Shout out to all the parents trying to have their children never watch those insane videos again, but YouTube just keeps throwing them up there for us. It's insane. So I'm on TikTok. And I think what I love about TikTok is that these stories and the videos that really go crazy on TikTok and go viral are when someone is giving you information or misinformation. And so I am taking this and running with it. Alan and I have this like ongoing joke because I'm like, Alan, I just found this thing from TikTok. It's this exercise you can do. You know, it raises your metabolism and it lowers your insulin spikes and it's all this. And I'm so excited. And he said, well, you make sure, you know, you see where the source is because Alan is an investigative journalist and he does a lot of work in this and he does a lot of fact finding. And he said, you know, TikTok's great, but a lot of people read a little bit of like a news article and then report on it. And they think they're telling you the right thing, but they're wrong. And I was like, Alan, oh my God, can you just trust me? I am smart. I can do this. Okay. I looked at the article myself. I like kind of half looked at it, but I told him I read the whole thing. So then I showed him the article. He said, okay, it's kind of legitimate. This is about a specific exercise you do that's you sit in a chair with your feet 90 degrees 
and you raise and lower your heels so that you're sort of doing these like calf raises. And there was a University of Texas, Houston, Texas article about it and how this small but simple exercise can help get your body into like basically an exercise mode. And I was so excited, so thrilled. He read it. He's like, okay, this is legitimate. Then after he, you know, agreed with me, then I actually read the article and I <laughs> had to be honest and tell him that you have to do those freaking calf raises for 130 minutes or 180 minutes. Now that was not mentioned in the TikTok video. That was not mentioned first or foremost in the article even, or even the articles praising it. They're just saying that this is another simple exercise you could do at your desk basically to get your heart moving and your body moving and emotion and not feel so stagnant when you're sitting at a desk. But um, when I told him it, <laughs> I finally read the full thing and it was 100 and 30 to 180 minutes, we just couldn't stop laughing because of course, of course, there's something screwed up and I'm not going to do anything for 180 minutes. He's like, you could have done a full workout and come back by then. You could have like gone grocery shopping and burned some calories. Who knows? So, but I will tell you, I am such a fan of TikTok. So we are going to contact a few of our favorite TikTok people and people that are showing all these cons and scams and sharing their experience, whether it be in health or wellness or chemistry and science, where other people are saying something false or there's a trend. There's so many trends right now about gut biome health. And I'm like a nerd for diets. And I just cannot wait to talk with some experts who will tell us sort of what is trending on social media and what is true and false. So that is going to be a fun little project we're working on. And then again, you guys are all incredible. And if you have any scams, any ideas, I promise we will get to them in a mailbag, even if it takes us a while to get to the mailbag. And um, I love you all. I can't thank you enough. It means a lot to me. And I'm so grateful to have you. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.